evening, one and all. Welcome along to Season 2, Episode 118 of the UK Dallas Cowboys podcast. Uh, We were just having slight technical difficulties. I didn't think I was going to make it for the start of the show there. Uh, But I'm joined tonight by the Scottish trio of Paul Stewart, Graham Wilson, Lauren Callahan. How are you doing, gentlemen? Not too bad, not too bad. The country's Everybody's kind of starting to kind of get back to more of a normality here, so in a way, so aye, not too bad. Happy days. Yeah, you, you're you're coming, coming out of lockdown as well, Paul, aren't you? Was that sorry? You're coming out of lockdown now, aren't you? The two boys uh, are already out. Uh, well, we're still in level two right now. Well, hmm. but business, the lo- other local businesses are still opening right now, and that. So, but yeah. we're still getting that sense of normality slowly coming back. But yeah. um but yeah. And Lauren, you're you're close to second shot at this stage. Are you vaccination? Yeah, well I had my first one a couple of weeks ago, so yeah. Um I'm getting closer, but <laughs> don't know when it'll be. There's it seem again Royal Mail seems to be losing a hell of a lot of letters. Oh, well, funny that you mention that there, Lauren. Uh, apparently my appointment was last month. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so contact, I, I contacted them, I'm going to be scheduled, so it's now next week, so I was like, where, where's my envelope, where, where was my mail? Yep. So. Well, we've got to make sure you're back in the States so that you can get on the telly again, you know, after, after what, 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 on... Again, funny that you mentioned about the States, it's like the, the USA have now put the UK in the amber section now, that is big. Yeah. That is big for us that can actually potentially go to a game in the States this year. So I have got my hopes up because right now I've got my flight already booked on the day of the Tampa Bay versus Dallas game. I literally arrive in Houston one hour before the game starts. So I am literally would be going (laughs) straight to the quarantine. I am going straight to the bar. So, uh, so I'll be doing, I'll, that'll be likely doing that. But the way how things are going right now, with how the USA and the UK are collaborating right now, and way how they're distributing the vaccines and stuff like that, it won't be long. You might get the green light. You can actually safely travel over, but obviously you need to kind of have like uh, a test three days prior before you're flying yeah. that. So, for so for guys that are watching the show right now, if you are planning going, that. This is the opportunity you should be contacting Cowboys Experience, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Our so, sponsors. And, and, and whilst we're on it, we'll, we'll, we'll pay the and bills and give the guys the a shout-out. UK Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> so, Graham, if you want to give the shout-out, seeing as you haven't gotten a word in edgeways yet. Well, if you're as excited as Paul is to try and get to a game this year, definitely book it through cowboysexperience.com. Mention UK Cowboys and get free stuff. Simple don't, as that. Don't be a clown. Get free stuff. There we go, folks. In the immortal words of Rich Jones, do not be a clown. But um, it's, it's, been, it's been a quiet week this week. Um, there hasn't been much in terms of news. There's There's been no roster manoeuvres or anything like that happening this week. Um, Lauren, I think you you just before we came on, you highlighted a couple of points uh, coming out of Mike McCarthy's press conference. So if, yeah. if you want to give give those couple of points, and we'll we'll have a quick chat about them. 
Right, there's been four ma- four major points that uh, were lifted from the press conference. One is obviously, um, I think just as we went to air last week, Ben McAdoo, the, the former Giants offensive coordinator and the head coach at one point, um, has been taken on as a, um advisor um, to the team um, in the loosest sense of the word. And uh, McCarthy was discussing his role um, we're basically he's going to be working for both the offensive and defensive coordinators. Um, what? I can, I can see Paul's. Um, yeah, yeah, we signed him as a, we signed him as a consultant last week. So a consultant? Why is he proved to be like he's he's, he's fucking trash? Oh my god! Oh, the joys of brand new information. <laughs> yep. Uh, ne- next week, Don Terry Poe's joining the um, the the, uh, <laughs> the scout the scouting department. Um, no, um, <laughs> there's been a there's been a few guys that have been under the weather this week. Um, so it's given the Cowboys a chance to line people up out of position. Um, so Tony Pollard has been taking some snaps at wide receiver, which obviously gives him a chance to see what he can do and hopefully get him on the field. I think we talked a couple of weeks ago that you could bring them on in a two-back set and flex them out to the yeah. to one of the wide receivers out of the backfield and create a bit of confusion. So... Um, anything he can do at this point in time shows how valuable he will be to the team when the when the season's on the line. Um, this week they've also been working on Mika Parsons working on the outside um, and coming in as a pass rusher. So they've been working on his pass rushing as well. Um, so again, that's something that um, we can look at for um, <clears throat> for the regular season as well. That they'll be using them in, the, in all a variety of roles. And Very good. So, I think that was all of it. I think, think so. So, any anything you want to discuss, there, gentlemen? Not really sure what McAdoo's here for. <laughs> it's like you've you've got your offensive-minded head coach, you've got your offensive coordinator, and then there's McAdoo, and it's like. Hi Ben. <laughs> I mean, well, I think I think one of the things I think one of the things he's where he was strong was where Kellen Moore is a bit weak is that he was very good when the Giants managed to get into the red zone. He was very good at um, converting it in the red zone, but he obviously, you know, the Giants didn't get into the red zone that that often. Um, so perhaps you could work with Kellen Moore and sort of refine the techniques that are used within the because um, I, th- I certainly think that's uh, we've discussed before I think that's where his weakness is and um, anything we can do to improve that um, if it also helps if he can help with the defence as well sort of giving um, you know pr- uh, presentations to the defence about what uh, the upcoming opponents are going to be doing um, and giving concepts 
within the offense. It'll help the defense sort of focus what they what to look for, obviously, uh, when they're going into games. So yeah. it's a multifaceted role that he's going to have, I think. Um, yeah. How successful, I, think, I don't know. <laughs> I think you touched on a good point there in terms of the red zone and, like, this will feed into to, to what the bones of the show about. Obviously, it's our, our positional breakdown. We'll be talking about the offensive line. But in terms of our red zone um, execution, it has been poor for the last two or three years. Um, and anything that will help out there is better than, you know, I think Kellen has tried to be too cute at times and not done the decent thing and I, I, Paul I can see it itching there and I think you're going to say what I'd say so take it away uh, well you know you kind of nailed it nailed it there there's nothing really much for me to really add on really um there's yeah Miller that just seems to be kind of like don't get me wrong I think he's been great when it comes to actually moving the ball forward to the red zone but when it gets to that red zone it just seems to be like we're just kind of like in that weird stalemate like Okay, um, are we going to run the ball? We're going to pass the ball. It's, it's, it, we're trying to be too clever, and you, and you said it well, perfectly, there, Brian. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, and I think the one of the other topics with regards to in relation to that is like we're really, really using Zeke enough when it comes to the red zone, mm. not yeah. or, or even Tony Pollard, for example, mm. for the third, like for third downs or whatever and stuff like that. So. Because uh, that's what Seek fights on. He's that that powerful running back who will get, get you those yards, push the ball forward. And we didn't really utilize like that enough, especially last season. So, yeah. And it's, I think it's one of the underrated parts of Zeke's game is his ability to lean forward and get those extra yards or to barrel into contact. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we we certainly talked about on the on the running back show that you know Zeke um, actually was getting hit after you know less than a yard of so basically on his first step because the offensive line was so poor last year, um, the defense was already in the backfield by the time the ball was getting handed off to him. Um, he basically got a yard and then he was getting hit, and but he still, I mean, obviously. He had very few tackles for loss, or he was very, very rarely tackled behind the line of scrimmage. He always managed to power his way back to the line of scrimmage, or even gain a couple of yards. Uh, yeah, and, and that's another point you just kind of made as well. It's like it's the offensive line we had a nightmare with our O line last season, and that, and just like whatever lost yards that we we had there, see, we're trying to get that back to that line of scrimmage, but like back to like second like third and ten get back to that again and then that next thing you know is like we end yeah. up making a, a crazy play and third, third and ten or third and eleven or third and nine you know what I mean so it's like yeah. and that's that, that's got to stop. Yeah. Graham to bring you in there what are what are, what are your thoughts on this? Well I mean I I think personally the uh, the red zone issues have only really started to show up when we've stopped addressing offensive line and the talent on the offensive yeah. line. Um, yeah. 2016, 2017, these issues weren't there simply because um, they would call a they would call a run and play, give the ball to Zeke, and it's a touchdown. It, it was as simple as that. But when yeah. you stop when you stop putting talent or new talent 
on the offensive line, that's where it starts cracking because we haven't we haven't put in my opinion, we haven't put um the re- the reinvestment yeah. back into the yeah. line. Yeah. We haven't we've we've spent it elsewhere. We've um uh, we've tried to spend it on defense, so and um <laughs> you know, as as soon as you start as soon as you start not looking after something, it will deteriorate. Um, and obviously, it's a good segue because that's what we're that's what we're talking yeah. about tonight. But um, years ago, um, you could go uh, see if it was second and ten, uh, or second and goal, third and goal. Just go and yeah. get another beer because it's a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's a roll of the dice. Roll of the dice, more of a more of a roller coaster. You just don't know what to expect. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's true. But yeah, I think, yeah. as we as we say, let's let let's jump straight into it. I mean, the issue is about the offensive line, and you can see there, Paul is pulling up the comments, and they're starting to come in. You know, folks, getting get involved, get engaged with us. Send us your questions. Send us your thoughts on the offensive line. What you would like from them this year? How you think it can be improved? where there's holes in the offensive line because these are topics we're going to cover we, we were kind of discussing before we went live and there are concerns that we would have but if 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 we start with the 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 starting offensive line i mean for you guys is the starting five set in stone as it is right now yeah absolutely yeah 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 i mean obviously you've got the uh, t- touchwood you've got um Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins and Zach Martin returning. Um you've got Tyler Biadish is the only um actual center listed on the the roster at the moment. Um uh, we've got a couple couple of guys that are uh, obviously the draft pick the seventh round draft pick Matt Farniok he's uh, a jack of all trades along the line. Uh, Connor Connor Williams, um, you know, he was the only one that lasted all seven, sixteen games last year. Um, yeah. So good chance, and you know, again, he was he was listed as being a bit poor last year, but you actually think the year before he um, finished the, or he didn't finish the season because he suffered an ACL injury. And normally that can take an offensive lineman at least a year to come back from. Um, so obviously we should see him a bit stronger this year. He's already come out and stated that this year is his goal is to get um, to the Pro Bowl this year, which is a lofty goal for him, I think. But um, a, you know, potentially that's that's doable. Um, the only other one that could probably come in is Connor McGovern. And we saw saw a fair amount from him last year as well. So, um, yeah. and I think he he was serviceable at least. If 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 we start with the two starting tackles in in terms of Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith, and Paul, I'll throw this one to you. I mean, yeah. they're those two guys are set in stone. They're coming back off more or less a year off. You know what, what? What are your hopes? What are your expectations from those two? Play the whole season. <laughs> Simple as that. And, and Graham, yeah. Graham feels is exactly as strongly as I do on that one. <laughs> if we can have both of these guys for the whole season, great. Because yeah. 
as much as I might like, as much as I hate to admit it, like, like, well, not hate to admit it, but these guys are ever play, irreplaceable. Like I can even say irreplaceable. Like you, can, you can't yeah. replace these guys unless you were to get, like, for example, if we were to draft Penny so for example, back in the draft, if we were to get yeah. him, you would have someone in place to go in and actually take up the spot, even if it's going to be left or right tackle, in my personal opinion. But mm-hmm. we don't actually necessarily, because we're looking at the roster here, and, and we're going to go through all these guys and that, and uh, one by one, but there's not really one, you know, like if one of them goes down, what is the what is the percentage we're going to feel confident of that position? Is it, it, it's 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 very low. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why a uh, Tyron and Lyle have been like they've been multiple Pro Bowls. Like Lyle Collins, even though Lyle Collins never got drafted, it, it, like but he was a first round talent. Like he was going yeah. to be, he was going to be like a top ten overall um, in the draft that year. But obviously, personal things and stuff like that, and all, uh, allegations and stuff like, like yeah. brought him, and we ended up hitting a gold mine with him, getting him, getting him undrafted. So, yeah. and but obviously, Tyron first round draft pick as well. Uh, this and believe, and this is the weirdest part. Well, not weirdest part, the scariest part. This is his tenth season in the NFL. We drafted him when he was twenty years old. From yeah. USC, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, crazy. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to bring up a comment here, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, more, just more yoga for Tyron. I think, you know, I mean, I mean, for for most of us over on this side of the world, soccer is a huge part of our sporting lives, and you know, for me as a Manchester United supporter. I know the benefits of yoga that it had for Roy Keane, for Ryan Giggs, and extending their career. And that's a that's a touching name he's mentioned on the stream right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it, in terms of their their longevity and recovering from injuries, it, yoga as part of their training and regime seemed seemed to work. So you would hope. Um, Graham, what happens? When Tyron Smith goes down in December, uh, listen, I, I've 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 stated many times on this podcast since the draft. Every, every time you mentioned it, <laughs> write it write it down. You can third of January, uh, third of June, twenty twenty one. Josh Ball will start at least one game in December. Oh God! Right. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't know if you've had a look. I don't know if you've had a look at our schedule. But there are a lot of NFC East games in there, <laughs> and the most vital games as well. Uh, let me just remind myself: Yep, we're we're in Philadelphia, we're in New York, and we host Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Now, tell me that's not a frightening prospect that you're going to yeah. throw Josh Ball in there against Chase Young. Yeah, and no, Steve, our good I, friend Steve agrees with you, mate. Yep. Yeah, I. It was it was the re- the reason Rich and I championed an offensive tackle at number ten. This is the reason, and I I said, look, if you don't get somebody in day one or day two, don't bother. Yeah, and they've gone and they've gone and picked one in day three. Now, 
if Lyle Collins and uh, Tyron Smith can pull the rabbit out of the hat and play 17 games, let's not forget, 17 right. games, not That's 16. Right. Yeah. Brilliant. But 3rd of June, 2021, it's not going to happen. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. You can go to all the yoga classes in the world. You can spend all the time in, you like in the gym. But I'm sorry, Chase Young is not in the Dallas Cowboys facility at the moment. He's getting ready for us in Washington. Mm-hmm. Now, that, to me, that rubber stamp that Boxing Day this year, Chase, that, that's my, that, if, I was, if I was a gambling man, that's what I would say. Chase mm-hmm. Young against Josh Paul. That's scary. Uh, and on a lighter note, I'm gonna add a, a wee bit positive on this. <laughs> but, but not, not so much, not, so not entirely. But I will make a wee comment. I know we right, jump, but what you're saying is absolutely scary. But if there's one thing I'm really, really excited for is the, the shape and condition that Lyle Collins is already in going in. Yes, like what a transformation he's already transpired so far. Like because we mm. knew, like obviously. Uh, last season before like with the injury that like he kind of blown up a bit but he's like really leaned down like yeah it's it's yep. quite frightening and the, like it, it looks jacked for an offensive mm-hmm. lineman jacked so that prospect is quite exciting and uh and before anything that happened i can't even recall i don't know if you guys can like verify but it didn't it's like Lyle ever missed any games due to injury or whatever on that? Like, no. Uh, I'm not the right I don't think so. So it'd be very interesting to see how he kind of evolves from that adversity from last year, not playing one single snap, all that type of stuff, but really putting in the grind, getting himself back into shape before preseason. So. I'm really looking forward to see when OTAs, uh, full contact happens uh, during training camp. It'll be, I'll be really interested to watch and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you, you, you did mention the fact like this, Lyell was out of shape going into last season's OTAs. That's right, yeah. He was a little bit overweight. You know, he seems to have followed the, the Tyrant Smith getting jacked, getting totally caught. He's not carrying excess weight. He's 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 ripping the gym out of us, you know. I mean, and, and that's, that's great to see already. And here's the thing: like when Lyle was playing guard, he was like, like he is probably the most. Um, Try to find the right words today. Is actually quite strong, and that's not like at all. Yeah, athletic is definitely one of them, but it's, it's just it's, it's the way he moves. It, it, it's just poetry in motion, pretty much. Mm. For for him to get like, if he was a, a pulling guard. He is up in that backfield, smashing linebackers and putting them in the back, putting them on their backside, left, right, and center. Because remember that he did that in his rookie season. I can't remember what team it was against, but uh, but basically he just drove these linebacker about I think it was ten, the, ten yards. I think it was the Giants or Giants. Might, might have been, I might yeah. have been. But uh, but can you imagine like with that athleticism being in the right tackle position? Jeez, mm. and and that shape he's going to be in training with Tyron. <laughs> now, I just, I just want to go back to the point I made. Like, I'm, I'm not hating on Collins and Smith. I'm not. I'm hating on their bodies. I'm hating on their lower. It's, the it's, lower the it's, 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 it's just the, the, the downside of playing offensive line. 
it's, it's so much wear and tear. To go back to uh, Collins' stats, he missed uh, he missed a lot of the si- 2016 and he missed right. one in 2019 and obviously last season. But mm. seven, 20, 17 and 18, he played the whole season. Right. So it's, it's very, very unlike him. Um, mm. But and th- and this th- is his seventh th- year, so... Yeah. It's kind of funny that you kind of like when we're talking about like the longevity. I'm going to take an R player as an example, a non Cowboys player, and I don't think he's ever missed a game. It's Joe Thomas for the Browns. No, he didn't. He didn't. No, he didn't. Until, no. he, until no. he retired. He retired a couple of years ago. No, but I was yeah. one I think he yeah. retired. He retired early because he knew like his body just could not like. Yeah. But I think with Joe's playing career, I'm pretty sure he hardly missed a game, pretty much. Like, no, he, I think he went about 250 games without missing a snap. So, yeah. so and and that and that will just take a but there's gonna be a day it will just come just completely hit you and it's like I can't do this anymore. And yeah, he like Joe could easily played an extra couple of seasons if he could have, really, but he yeah. knew himself. And uh, but I, and, and and kind of goes back to your point, Graham. It's like we're not hating the players; we're just hating the fact that it's just so much like impact injuries, all that, and it, and it just takes a, such a downfall in all these players, especially on the offensive line. And and this is why it's the most demanding in terms of getting numbers for any team. Try and get like a number of fifteen offensive linemen. For, before training camp, it's actually quite difficult nowadays because yeah. if you try and bring players in, they're going to be half injured anyway, you know? Yep. Mm. Yeah. And I think w- one of the things with Lyell, we talk about how he turned up for camp overweight, but th- this injury that he had last year was actually a, a result of the 2019 season. Mm. And they- they'd advised to just rehab it rather than go for surgery or anything like that at the end of the season. That obviously, you know, affected the way he was able to train during the off season, um, couple, coupled with COVID, obviously. But you know, he wasn't able. Maybe was favouring the, the hips a little bit, so wasn't able to do sprints as much or whatever. Um, and then obviously that affects you're you're still eating as if you're training properly and what have you, and then you know you're yeah. not training as hard, so you're you put a couple of pounds on, you put another couple of pounds on the next week and you turn up for camp overweight and everything snowballs again. So, you know, this year he's he's healthy from the get-go. You can see it now that he's slimmed down as a, as a result of the training that he's been through. Um, so, yep. It just takes one. It just takes one freak injury, and you can be out for you can yeah. be out for a long period of time. But you know, we have to assume that at least Collins is going in for um, the majority of the season, and should yeah. be a factor this year. Yeah. If 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 we kind of move to the backup tackles, and Graham, you brought up you brought up the name there in terms of Josh Ball. <laughs> I'm afraid so. We'll have to work our way down through it. But I mean, look, we're not going to get into Josh Ball, the off-field player. It's it's not something we want to discuss on this program. But Josh player, Josh Ball, the football player, was likely a day two talent. 
Is there yeah. anything you've seen, or from any of the three of you, is there anything you've seen in any of the highlights or clips that you've seen of him that suggests he could be more than a serviceable backup? From what I've watched so far, he has a, a good kick step for pass protection and a good striking hand. So, I mean, if you're playing a, if you're playing a position, you need to have that as a fundamental to have anyway. But I mean, from yeah. what I see, like he seems to be getting himself into the right position at the right time. But I think it's the only downfall is the running game. I think so. Yeah. That's the, that's my only concern with Josh Balls is when it comes to the running yeah. game, especially if you're. It, like, yeah, only oh, 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 go, Lord. I think, no. I, think you, I think you know what you're going to say. Yeah, he's as you say, he's got a good kick step. He, one of the, one of the positives about him is he gets his hands up and into the defender as quickly as possible. Um, it's it's something he when he came out of college and he I think one of the opening interviews that they had with him, they were talking that um, you know Tyron Smith is uh, his role model in terms of how he plays on the on the field. Um, and one of, obviously we know that Tyron Smith's very good at getting his hands up as soon as possible, um, and that's that's something Josh Ball's been doing. Uh, as you say, I mean, you know, if it wasn't for Josh Ball off the field, we probably would be talking that Josh Ball could have been a late first, maybe even second or third rounder. So yeah. you know, as as long as he keeps his nose clean and. You know, the we don't we don't know the whole story, and we probably never will know the whole story about um, yeah. what happened. But um, as long as he keeps, you know, he's learned from his mistakes, um, and can 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 meet the ability that he has on the field. Then, you know, just get give him an opportunity, and you know. Maybe this is maybe this is our position fortified for another couple of years. After, obviously, we part ways with one of the one of the tackles. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of funny you mentioned. That, like, I'm, I'm just trying to bring this to light. It's not exactly the Dallas Cowboys have done something controversial when it comes to bringing a player in. Like, for example, Greg Hardy. That's the most obvious yeah. one. So, mm-hmm. but. I mean, it's got to the point now where it's just kind of go oh, here we go again, you know. So, but but we but it's now got to the point now like we just kind of block that side of things and we just do actually now focus on the player. That, but I can understand from like for, for us, we just oh, Mike's alive, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> right, but but you know what I mean, boys. It's like. For, for us, we need to kind of think outside of just being a fan. We need to analyse the player itself. And from what we've seen so far, we are liking what, what Josh Ball can do when you extract all the the, the bullshit, pretty much, outside. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and you know, the more I kind of, kind of do think about it, I do agree what Graham's prediction is going to be. I think he will play one game as a starter. I really do. Graham, you don't look convinced by by what we're selling. No, no, and I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why because offensive tackles, in, in my opinion, offensive tackles are one of the easiest positions to evaluate coming out of college <clears throat> because you can get so much from their measurables. You really can. Mm-hmm. Are they tall enough? Are they strong enough? What's what's their arm length like? Um, 
to, to my knowledge, you don't become a better player in the NFL than you, you don't become so much better in the NFL than you were at college. Because mm-hmm. if anything, the pass rush is, as we know, a, a whole lot tougher. So why would you become a better player playing against better opposition? You surely you would dominate poorer opposition and then learn to cope with the better player. That's why we see them going so high. We see we see offensive linemen fly off the board because it, they're so rare and they're so valuable. I mean, I, I, I don't. I, nobody comes to mind um, unless there's a certain issue, like Loyal Collins, for instance. We got him, obviously we got him and we shouldn't have done. He was a first-round talent, but certain circumstances outside of his talent led to that. Yeah, and and, um, and, and it ended up being a, a whole lot of BS. Yeah. 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 So if, if Josh Ball ends up being the next Loyal Collins, brilliant. Yeah. But I don't see offensive tackles becoming so much better players in the NFL. And if you're doing it, if you're if you're not doing it in college, why would you all of a sudden start producing more against the top thirty-six or no, top that, that, sixty-four pass rushes in the world? That's a really good. That's a really good fair point because I can't yeah. really recall like third round tackles, fourth round tackles or undrafted to really like be consistent through their NFL career. They've always kind of maybe maybe had a good couple of games, but they've just kind of like dropped off and stuff like that. And yeah. like, like if Fine. you were to you're thinking like we were saying like a Joe Thomas earlier uh, for the Browns, Eric Fisher for the well now he's no longer with this Kansas City now, is he not? No, nope. now he's away now. Yeah, right? he's gone. Yeah. Right, but but still, he's still a first round talent. He's played all those years in the NFL, being very yeah. consistent. Again, first round talent of yeah. an offensive tackle, and it's what Graham's kind of proven there. Yeah, yeah. I got, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a question here to Lauren because just t- touching on what you're saying there about say second and third round talents. I mean, bar Larry Allen, you know, is there an outstanding? second or third round talent that you can remember that went on to have a long career? Well, I mean, to, to give you an idea, I mean, a guy like, um, you know, Nate, Nate Newton, and, you know, he yeah. he played he played tackle as well as guard. The whole offensive line back in the 90s for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Two and yeah. at North Bay. Yeah. And I mean to you know the, the 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 step up. A lot of these offensive tackles, you know, are hamstrung by um, what the scheme is in college uh, that they play under. And obviously, there can be you know if they if they go to a more um, a scheme that's more commensurate with their skills and abilities, then that can. Um, it helped them improve um, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You also you also have you know if um, you're able to um, professional coaches for your off season training. Um, all the offensive linemen for the Cowboys at the moment are training with Big Duke uh, Merriweather, 
Um, and you know, if you if you look at his uh, social media feeds, uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter, he constantly posts videos of everybody training. Um, and that that's who Slater was, uh, Rashawn Slater was working with this year. Um, and obviously, you know, he he can he transformed himself into obviously a top fifteen pick in in this draft this year. So. Be, being able to to have professional coaches that can train train with you during the off season and build up on your your weaknesses, so that when you go to report to camp and offensive, uh, sorry OTAs and everything like that, um, you know that that can help you. And we, you know, we did see last year. Obviously, Terence Steele and Brandon Knight started the season. We were we were thinking, God. You've basically got got a couple of trash cans out there blocking. Towards the end of the se- towards the end of the season, though, Terence Steele was actually doing a serviceable job. He didn't give up any sacks in the last, give us eight games. Yes, he I needs. Thought, to- uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was um, all. I didn't realize it was much as that. Yeah. So, um, it's funny that you mentioned that. I know we're talking about like so Terence Steele and Brandon Knight, but. If there's one thing about see those guys that played the majority of last season, them going into camp this year is just going to be so much more vital because they've got now that experience under the belt under the most extreme circumstances. Yeah, they'd be a front under front under the bus now. Like even though the pressure's a little bit off, but at least they can now take that experience and actually have that little bit more support. Well, you could say a little bit more competition. We know who our starters are going to be, but at mm. least now kind of going forward, like. They know what is expected to be playing in that offensive yeah. line for Dallas, especially in our division against yeah. likes of the Eagles, the trash team from Washington and uh, New York's uh, defensive lines. Yeah, yeah, and I mean again, like, again, Steele was a rookie last year, so you know we always talk about offensive and defensive linemen needing a year when they come out of college to put a little bit of sand in their pants, as as Mike says, you know. Um, get yourself in the strength and conditioning program within the NFL for a year. So I haven't seen anything of how, how um, Terrence Steele looks this year. But you know, if he's if he's done the same sort of job that we saw with Connor Williams from year one to year two in terms of physique, then you know there's there's nothing to suggest that he's not going to come back a hell of a lot stronger this year and be a, a candidate for the the next in line. Um, should should somebody go down? Yeah. Well, just, I mean, ESPN have gotten ranked fourth. Uh, I've gotten ranked just got to go fourth to right tackle. <laughs> yeah. So, does, so, so, so I, I was going to bring that point up, Graham. So, does that kind of show what is now available to us in terms of talent? That, you know, obviously we know who our two starters are, the backups to them are. Josh Ball, Ty Maseki, and then you have Terence Steele and Brandon Knight, who are, say, your fourth in emergency break, break glass in case of emergency type players. But those guys have played a full season of NFL football. How many other rosters in the league have their four choice players with a full year of experience? Yeah, yeah I, I get that, but. It wasn't our choice to do that. 
Yeah, that's you know that's, what I mean? that, like, that's we a fair were point. Forced into that. It wasn't as yeah. if, well, let's throw this guy turn steel in. It's right. Yeah. Who's next? Well, what's the, the, what's, the, the, what's the, the what's the water boy doing right now? Well, that's you know, the thing. Like, uh, that, that's the thing, Graham. It's, it's next man up. Who, who's yeah. willing? Who's willing to step up? And it, it seemed to be it was Terrence Steele and Brandon Knight. They stepped up to the plate, even yeah. though they made mistakes, but they stepped up. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, mean, I, I, get if that, I, I get that it's good that Steele and Knight have got a vast amount of experience in their first years, but if all goes to plan, they won't see the field this year. That's right. Yeah. So it it depends on what way you look at it. You can't you yeah. can't bring them in to develop them and say, right, guys, sorry, Smith and Collins are back away and sit down again. It needs it needs to be one or the other. Like you you go with the developmental guy and move on from one of our studs, it's, or you let the stud take the field and hope hey. that Knight and Steel can. It's funny that you mention that. I'm so when it goes into training camp, I'm really going to see. I'm really curious to see what is the expectation of number of reps Tyron and Lyle are going to get going into camp because you can't expect them to have seventy five percent of all the snaps. You can't expect that. At least I really want. Obviously, I want like every guy to have an opportunity to get some reps in. Like even the guys that have no chance getting in, because who knows, there could be a wee diamond in the rough out there. You know, it doesn't matter if it's. it's I hope it's low, Paul. I hope it's low because they will. They've had a couple of years in this system now with Kellen Moore as uh, the coordinator. They've had. They know who the guy who the who the guy is on the inside of them. Zeke's still the running back. Dak is still the quarterback. So a, that, a great deal wouldn't have changed. That, that's the one. Dak, no. and, and that's the thing for Dak. It's like Dak needs to get, get used to every single one of these offensive linemen, every single one of them. And that's the hardest part for his position. Like yeah. you, he, he can still have his invincible shield, so to speak, of Collins, Smith, Sight Martin, and whoever the other two are going to be. We don't know yet. This is what we're going to talk about. But mm-hmm. when you took the two main pillars of your, your, your tackles away, that needs to get used to it. In those circumstances, they're not going to be there. So he needs to get rotated into all the different scenarios, all the different offensive linemen. So he therefore he feels comfortable and knows what to expect from his players. So there's that as well. I mean, what you've got to think as well, obviously we're we're talk- sitting here saying that, you know, still wasn't very good last year, blah, blah, blah. But imagine, imagine if we were the UK Packers site, you know, and you know they're discussing who's going to be blocking for Jalen Love when um, Bakhtiari <laughs> goes down or something like that. <laughs> you, know, you guys, you guys have no idea the fun I've had in the past week. It's been tremendous. <laughs> it's been Lord, absolutely Lord, brilliant. The there's, flame. there's. Uh, <laughs> see if any, see, see if any of you have got. The the Firefox browser, right? There's a thing called Paul will know, know about this. There's a thing called Web Developer Tools, and you can actually yeah. change the headline. So see the headlines I've put on web pages and then sent them to my dad. He's been off. He's been off to the Niners. He's been off to the Broncos. He's been off to the Redskins. He's torn his ACL. He says he's sitting out the host. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Well, endless fun. 
it's it's before we move to the interior line. It's actually quite interesting, Graham. I got wait, a notification once we were wait, on. Wait, Lauren, can you see that one liner again? What? The, who's going to be blocking for Jalen Love when Batiara goes down injured? Shit, fucking, that fucking failed the fucking adverts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, where were we? We we got slightly off track there, so um, we're 45 minutes into the show. Again, folks, don't be afraid to send in your questions, your comments, your queries. Um, Let us know what you think about the offensive line, where where you would like the improvements. Paul, go for it. You said we're just about to go into the draws. I think we still need to kind of just quickly just go for the names of all the other yeah, tackers we've yeah, got in. Go so, yeah. so uh, we'll do it like a yes, no, whatever, when I mention mm. the name. So, Cam Irvin. He left a free agency. According to ESPN, he's still on the roster, apparently. No, he left no. a free agency. He got did a $3 he? million dollar deal. Oh, did he? Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Two, Cam two, Cameron Cam Fleming right, got right, great okay. deals after a year injured with the Cowboys. Right, okay, so right, so we've got Ty Ty Neshke yeah. from, from the Browns. Eric Smith from, I believe he played for the Giants, I believe. He played for the Bears as well. The Bears. Uh, obviously with Tyron Steele. We've just talk, talked about Mitch Hyatt. Mitch Hyatt was from Clemson. Uh, he was injured all last season. He spent the prior season on the practice squad, so he might be a practice squad type guy. We've also brought the developer. survives. We've also brought the, de- the the developmental international player uh, Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. Isaac. Yeah. So, like, I actually like. I really did like the look at him from last year. Like, even though he was put into the future contract deal, which was that's kind of more of a. Um, a mandatory thing to do now when you've seen that international would put them always in a future contract type of thing. But I actually kind of quite liked what he was to do. I mean, he's six foot seven, 320 pounds. He's pretty much nearly the same measurables as Tyron, but obviously he's not as. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, he, yeah. he actually, in the, the Canadian Football League, they had their um, international draft a couple of months ago. As well, and he's actually been picked up by the Calgary Stampeders as well. So, so that would be good experience for him as well. If it doesn't work out for the Cowboys, he'll be going up north Mm. in Calgary. Um, and uh, who else have I missed? Uh, no, that's it. Yeah, that's that's it. it. So if, if, if we move into the bone, the real big bones and big question around our right guard, and who's going to play right guard next season? I don't think we need to discuss our right guard at all. I mean, no. our, our, our all-world guard, Zach Martin, I mean, Future Hall injury of Fame, permitting, right? it's not worth even discussing right guard. No. Like, like you can't fault the guy. He is one of the best guards Ever, my personal yeah. opinion, and yeah. the fact that the fact that we were slaughtered. I even like. I think all of us were kind of like we picked a guard over Johnny Football at the time. 
Yeah. But we were proved wrong. We were all proved wrong, and it turned out to be one of the best packs we ever did. Yeah. Yep. Like, I think that was the draft where I think, yeah, obviously yeah. Johnny Football was was who a lot of people were, were penning. But I think Stephen's preferences were Aaron Donald, Ryan Shazier, and Zach Martin. A lot and of big names. Three better names you couldn't have picked from that draft class, and that draft class was loaded. Yeah, well, I'll bring it up just to see if there's any more names we yeah. can mention where we're going ahead yeah. of us. <laughs> I think Darnold just went pick before us as well. Otherwise, he would have been in the he would have been in the. Sh- no, Shazier was before us. Shazier, right? So yeah, Darnold, and Darnold was, was within five or six picks, I believe. Yep. And that yep. was the same draft where you Jadavian Clowney, Khalil Mack, you know, like. That, that's a class that's going to have a lot of Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, so you've got the Jake Matthews, Mike Evans, Anthony Barr, uh, Taylor Luan, who went to the Tennessee Titans, Odell mm. Beckham, Kyle Fuller, yeah. CJ Mosley. Uh, who else do we have? D-Law, they got in the second round. Mm. Um, Joe Bantino for the Browns, the guard, uh, offensive tackle for them. Uh, I'm sure of Devante Adams, Jarvis Landry. I mean, yeah. Jesus, like the tons of names in this. Jesus, yeah, that's insane. But I suppose, as we say, look, there's no point even talking about right tackle unless Zach gets injured. Right guard, right guard. Sorry, right guard. Yeah, (laughs) you can tell I've had a couple of beers. Um, (laughs) But look, let's let's move to the talk at left tackle. And shout out to Big Wheeler. No, no, no. Left guard. Yeah. <laughs> what was in that beer? Oh, fuck knows. We're kind of strong. It's only Heineken, Jesus. I'm on the IPA tonight. <laughs> no. No, Lloyd. We are not doing this. No. No. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> no. Lloyd, like I, I know you just had a Facebook ban. Do you want a UK Cowboys ban for that comment? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it's great. I'm great to see those big wheelers. Great sense. Oh, the big wheel. Bring something like that in. <laughs> I just, I, I just hope to God I can get a grab a beer with big wheel when I get. Hopefully, when I get over there. Hopefully, please God. <sighs> but look, moving to the left guard. There we go. <laughs> Connor Williams is the incumbent. Connor McGovern is a backup at both left and right guard. This season is huge for both players. Connor Williams is out of contract at the end of the season. Connor McGovern is a year from finishing his rookie contract. And we don't know whether either of them will be picked up. So discussed if i was to sum up Connor mcgovern he's just there by default that's it yeah. right put it any better it's like it's the best we've got yeah. uh like don't give it on like you, you can't question his work ethic but he's he just he gets outclassed quite easily from uh, like players they even even expect 
right second stringers and stuff like that, like force it, like push them down five years down beyond the line of scrimmage and stuff like that. You're like, can he let that happen? And it seems to break the O line even more so. So, um, I, I said, but he's, he's just literally there by default. I don't know if it's because we we picked him too, like we picked him in the second round that year, and he. It's the whole model. It's like, oh, he's a second round draft pick. He should be there, or that type of no. Like, I don't know. I, I really, I really don't know. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the the one the one thing with um, uh, Connor Williams is that he's he tends to get too high out of his stance. He doesn't bend, yes, his, keep his yes. knees bent, and keep keep the power base as we as we talked about before. If you keep your, if you you're able to keep your knees uh, 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 with your knees and your hips, you're in a sort of Z. Um, uh, you look like you're the letter Z. Um, that that gives you your power base. Maybe it's because he's he was a tackle in college that obviously he's needing to kick yeah. step out and everything like that. But when you're when you're you've got guys on either side of you, you've got to use that power. Obviously, we we saw him make a good attempt that um, he he completely transformed himself physically uh, year one to year two. Um, a lot, you know, got a lot of people surprised at the way he he rebuilt himself in that in that yeah. off season. Um, as, as I said earlier, I mean, he, obviously, year two he suffered that injury um, to his ACL. And maybe that affected him last year. Um, so hopefully, it, particularly with offensive line, it can actually take it can actually take another um, a full calendar year to actually get get into a position where you're back at where you were, let alone improving or anything like that. So you know, perhaps there's a possibility that he's he's going to be set the world on fire this year. But um, yeah. The, at the moment, the writing's on the wall. I don't think he'll get a second contract unless it's uh, a fairly minimum deal. Or I, don't know, I, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are as well. It's like, I always kind of felt as though that Connor Williams, even though he played mostly, ta- I think he played mostly tackle in his college days. Yeah. But, but I, I kind of feel as though he's still quite undersized. Like, I and, was going to make that point. Like for for a guard, he's still under three hundred pounds. Yeah, that Martin, the other side of the line is three hundred twenty pounds. Isn't Sight Martin like uh, two eighty five, two ninety, something like that? Like, no, that's three twenty. No, I'm talking. I'm talking about a uh, Williams. Oh, Connor Williams. Yeah, he is. He's he's very undersized for a guard. Yeah, so that that's that's one of my main concerns as well. It's like he just hasn't got the weight distribution to start forcing yeah. people back. So I'm kind of yeah. that's what I'm quite worried about. He's he's on right. the Cowboys. He's on the Cowboys roster um, on the official site. He's listed at two ninety eight this year. So again, that sounds like he's put a bit of beef on as well. Um, hmm. I, I think there was there was talk. Obviously, you know, we were screaming for it last year that when when Lyle went down and um, Tyron went down as well, mm-hmm. why hadn't we kicked him out? Again, it, it was discussed on a podcast um, a couple of weeks ago that perhaps, again, this ACL probably hindered their their willingness to move him out to tackle. Um, 
So again, yeah. perhaps perhaps he'll have this position flex this year that should anything happen again, we could we could potentially move him out and play him at a tackle. Um, <coughs> again, as, as we said, uh, we saw a lot of uh, Connor McGovern last year as well. So potentially he he can come in and take take that position. Um, <laughs> I can I see can see I'm, I'm, yeah. a bit antsy about this, but. Be, be, Graham, before I make the case for Connor Williams getting a second contract, <laughs> wow. say what you're going to say, because because I I have reasoning behind this, but Graham, take it away there. Tell you what, the pair of them are l- so lucky that we have so many issues on defense. That's all I will say. The the bo- yeah. both of them are extremely lucky because. Uh, well, default, we talking, default, default. <laughs> while we were talking about the, here's a stat for you. While we were talking about the tackles, I went through the the, the picks from this year's draft. Right, there were seven offensive linemen off the board by the time we picked Kelvin Joseph, and there were eleven offensive linemen off the board at pick fifty one when Sam Cosme went to Washington. Now, if you're not gonna, that that is that's one fifth of the picks are offensive line. I don't don't forget the whole debauchery, the fact that we missed out getting the guy from um, Wisconsin Whitewater. Yeah, one yeah. pick away, one pick away from getting him. That's right. That I mean that. Uh, that I'm not, I'm not start, I won't start on that. <laughs> we've only got listen we've only got half an hour of the show left um, do you know what I'm going to start on it why did we use all those draft picks no, there is no way all our draft picks are going to make this team this year absolutely no chance did we end up with 11 picks yes Yeah. Are they, are, yep. so we're thinking one, like a fifth of the team are going to be rookies they're going to be draft picks not a chance. Well, well, put it this way. We Graham, should have packaged up and gone to get who we wanted. But we never well, moved. To my knowledge, we never moved. No, we never no. moved, no. No, no. didn't We moved back. We moved back in the first round. Yeah. But, uh, but, but here's the thing. We didn't do much in free agency to help us out with that. So that kind of yeah. actually increases the chances of these guys actually maybe getting game time. Who knows? My thinking, my thinking with McGovern and with Williams is that it runs along the lines of Collins and Smith. The, the Cowboys front office have basically said this year we're gonna we're gonna roll the dice with the offensive line. We're gonna keep our fingers crossed that the five of them stay healthy for the whole season, and we're gonna try and address our defense and go for a a championship um, because. They're, sim- simply their 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 kind of devotion to bringing in backups and bringing in alternatives shows that they want to address defense and they're quite happy to just keep fingers crossed on offense. I mean, simply like to Paul's point right at the start of the topic, they're 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 okay. They're okay, and it it, it, it they really have a yeah. that. Our okay levels start when we don't pick 
first round offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. We don't yeah. pick. We're not picking stick-ons. We're picking guys that could couldn't that could come in and do a job. Okay, guys, guys that we could can try and develop. We're putting offensive tackles at guard, undersized. We're starting to move the focus away from the offensive line. Um, and here we are sitting with no backup centre and two left guards who are, let's be kind, mediocre. So I, they are. I'm there. Either I, of them are going to see a Pro Bowl. No. I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump in here, right? And I did make the point, I'm going to make a case for Connor Williams, right? And you can accuse me of putting my Texas Longhorns hat on, but I'm, I I have firmly taken it off. You and Longhorns? Never, never. <laughs> right. In 2018, Connor Williams came in, played with Tyron Smith outside of him and Joe Looney inside of him. In 2019... He looked better because he had Tyron outside of him and Travis Frederick inside of him. Agreed. In twenty uh-huh. in twenty twenty, he had a trash can and another trash can. He was the senior guy on the line all last season, and he was the Barzak Martin. He was the best line man we had. And that's he, it all. He played through adversity last year, and he also played through adversity coming off of an ACL tear, which we've said multiple times takes a year to recover from. So I think it's unfair to judge Connor Williams in terms of that. I do agree he doesn't have enough sand in his pants. He can get bull rushed quite a bit, but he has a season to prove himself. That's just what I was kind of saying. It's like, you cannot deny the work effort that Connor Williams does mm. do. He does put everything into it. Like, he is a Cowboys fan. And he always wanted to play for us. Mm. Like, you, you'll put that more beyond than anything. But yeah. his physical attributes do let him down quite a lot. And yeah. sometimes, sometimes his, I, I don't know what it is. I think he doesn't trust the guys like the trash cans that you politely speak yeah. about, like because they're like they may be not doing the call signs like of who their blocking alignment is properly. Yeah. We don't we, we we don't know we don't know the conversation what happens in that offensive line. So that is actually yeah. quite a good fair point that you just made there. Um, like for all of us, we've all made fair points yeah. on this. Like, but we do realize that we can all agree yeah. on it's like this year, Williams needs to step up. That is. Yeah. God yeah, given fact, he needs to step up if he wants to remain a cowboy. That mm. end of yeah. And I know, I, I know, I know, Graham. I know, I, I know. Like, but because uh, we haven't addressed guard overall in terms of getting players in and that, we're kind of like, mm. but but with the contract situation, it's kind of like I'm just hoping it lights a fire in his ass, pretty much. If we can, with Tyron back, my, my main concern is the centre position, which we're just, we're just about to cover. But but if Connor Williams or whoever it is that does decide to play at the uh, left guard position, and that seems to be, I tend to think that's the most important one, because how many times do we normally play, uh, run the ball to the left? More than 50%. It's yep. like... We hardly do it because the hand is the way how 
that hands the ball off and mm. it always seems to be going more to the left-hand side based on how things work. So it's always, I, think it's, I think the stats is, is over, 50, over 50% going left anyway. So, but Williams, McGovern, step up, boys. Yeah. It's a, a contract year. You need to give it all. Put, put, put the work in. Don't get bullish. Don't get bullied. Step up. Put, I want to see pancakes. I want pancakes Sundays all day long. But I would want to see it. That remains on you guys. Yeah. I, I, I can see we're still not selling you on this at all, Graham. It's not, it's not selling it. I'm just, I'm just, like, <laughs> that, that, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell it. I, yeah. like, this is what I'm expecting from these guys. Yeah. Like, but, I, I, I'm, on, I'm on the same boat as Graham on this. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. I, I do agree with what you're saying as well, Brian. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I agree with everyone's points on this. I just mm. want those two guys to really step it up. Whoever, whoever's going to play that guard position needs to put in more than 100% effort. More than ever before. That's it. That's it. End of story. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I've, I've played all five positions on the offensive line. As you, as you go further into the offensive line, moving, moving from tackle, there's moving from tackle to guard, guard to center. There's so much more that you've got to pick up on pre-snap, pre-snap reads. Uh, combos, combos with the guard, combos with the history, combos with the tackle, combos with the centre, calls, everything. You've got to pick up on these things, and it's. I, I always remember that we used to we used to be a very good counter team. I spent, I played one full season playing tackle, uh, went in for one series playing guard. We were, ran the counter play. I ran it as a tackle instead of as a guard, and. You know, it was one of the few times we actually ended up um, getting tackled in the backfield because I'd missed my block because I'd missed my assignment because I was thinking as a tackle and not as a guard. So, and, you know, as Brian says, when you've got guys that are coming, how many um, how many different offensive lines did we have last year? I think it was something like 11. I think the combination was roughly between eleven on between eleven and thirteen. I can't remember yeah. the exact number, but I think you're right. was it higher than that. Higher. I think so at that, one stage there was twenty one different combinations. Shut up. Yeah. Like, don't forget, as I say, don't forget, Tyron went down early. Zach Martin played right guard, right tackle. Connor gotcha. McGovern played all three interior line positions. Joe Looney played center guard. You know, there right, was... Uh, Bayadish as well. Yeah, Bayadish played a couple of guard spots as well as center. So I think I think I remember hearing something like between 16 and 21. Yeah. But um, I think... I think we've we've kind of we're we're about to segue into it. So look, let's start talking about the centre position. Well, we've actually we've actually, missed, we've actually missed one guy out. We've missed one, one guy, out, and that's the guy we drafted. It was the Matt Fe- 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 Matt Farniuk. I was right. going to include him in the centre chat because he's been primarily taking snaps at centre. I know so, he's marked down as a right guard, so, so but I think he's primarily centre. And, and and this goes back to Dreyer's uh, point is. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's the fact we've only got three guards in our roster right now. Three guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. And we've and, and I'm just trying and I'm doing a I'm doing a head turn right now. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, four, thirteen offensive tackles is in the roster right now for the Cowboys, and we've got three guards. I think that's, I think that's, the, not, that's yeah. not right. It's not right. <laughs> I think I think the plan is obviously with this, the signing of Josh Ball um, or drafting of Josh Ball, Brandon Knight this year will be move, switching into guard. So I think yeah. he's he's potentially your fourth one. And then Farniok has come out and said that when he was drafted, he was told he was an offensive lineman, and you know be prepared to play all five positions if you're called on so we've already we've already seen we've already seen them taking snaps at center um but you know he's he has played all five positions in college and i think um you know that'll be the plan to to have him as a jack of all trades you you certainly hear about how they like this position flex um you're disagreeing with me, Brian. <laughs> Lauren, you're hurting my soul, and I can see it's already it's all over Graham's face. And I'm gonna throw it right over to <laughs> talk about position flex and the fallacy that it is, Graham. <laughs> it's like, I mean, Quinn Miners went 98. We got no Nishon Wright at 99. Yeah, that's that's the guy I really wanted in our team. I really wanted him. I'm, it, I'm gonna say it honestly. I don't think he's any good. I think you're gonna see him boss huge. But my point, Brian, is he he is a he is a center. He's a recognized mm. center. Yeah, we're not. And then absolutely as well. We're not turning up twenty-two guys in a in the middle of a field and say, "Right, lads, who wants to play centre?" Do you get what I mean? It's like, yeah, are we are we picking are we picking a centre or are we shoving somebody in to play centre? Yeah, because well, never underestimate the relationship hmm. between a centre and his quarterback. Yeah, and we're going right, lads. It's an open competition. Who's going to win the backup job? And let's not forget, we've got a centre that struggled with shotgun. Mm. Yep. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it, it, yeah. Like, it's it's another neglected position. We went. We've gone yeah. from Travis yeah. Frederick, one of the best centres in the league, if not the best, to a late round draft pick and nobody behind them. It just seemed to be yeah. from 2018 onwards, 2018 onwards, we've drafted players that could potentially be somewhere else. If you know, yeah. if you know what I mean. Like, we've no, had, I get like, you. like, like, probably was a prime example we were just kind of talking about. Like, it was an offensive tackle, but we've been playing him as guard. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Connor, I'm, Connor McGovern the following year played center yeah. most of his career or most of his college career at Penn State. Guard, sort of. Don't know. Maybe he's a tackle. Maybe but he's centre. This is the thing they they saw. Yeah. They felt the need to bring in Biadish because Connor McGovern simply didn't win the centre job. 
it's yeah. as, as straightforward yeah. as that. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, this, this goes all the way back to, to uh, 2020. When we, we, yeah. we treated we treated ourselves to um, eighty eight CD Lamb. CD wow. Lamb. We, tre we treated ourselves to CD Lamb <laughs> <laughs> instead of addressing a need. Yeah, now, I'm not saying I'm not saying we could have had a centre. I'm not saying we could have had a guard. No, but yeah. we could have at least moved. To get a centre, we could have moved up or down the board to go and try yeah. and address it, as opposed to uh, let's yeah. have a game of Madden and pick another wide receiver. Never I mind, the offensive line. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not mad about the pick anymore, but at the time, I was quite pissed off because we didn't address a particular need, and that's why we haven't really. But we have done it this year, in terms of. Like I know we're talking about offensive alignment and that, but I'm sorry I'm jumping it off the ground. But we did address a need that was well and needed in depth, and that was linebacker. Like Sean, Lee, Sean Lee retired. We don't know the situation. We've gone with bloody Jalen Smith, who's more interested changing his bloody number rather than playing football right now. And yeah. and there's now talk like there's. Ifs, buts, no buts. We're talking about Leighton vanished, getting traded or something like that now. We're like, what the hell's going on? So that's, that's been rubbished. Yeah, that was that was just media yeah. rubbish. That yeah. So, um, but, but, just, but you know, you know what I mean, though. So yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you like, let's just like you're saying there, Paul. We did, we did address linebacker, and we do need a linebacker, obviously, because Sean Lee's retired. But I'm going to throw this into the conversation as well. Rashawn Slater went a pick later. Now, see if they'd yeah. gone Rashawn Slater at 11, we are not having this conversation. I agree. Rashawn Slater steps in, left guard, day one, and we never talk mm. about McGovern or Williams again. And the fact is, we drafted Jabril Cox. Yeah. Like, if, if you were to really summarise it, if we were to get Rashawn Slater, then have Jabril Cox in the same way that we just did it in that draft there, everyone would be like, like clapping yeah. our hands, like no. we've, addressed, we've addressed all yeah. like those wee intricate needs that we really do need. Yeah. Nah, but you could say, like, like don't get me wrong, we definitely address defense, definitely. But yep. in terms of something that really, really did need, it was the more depth and structure for the offensive line. We needed the reinvestment back into that, and we missed out on yeah. that completely, not only just in the draft, but in free agency. Yeah, I mean the the one th the one thing about Tyler Biadish is that he's he's not exactly um, chump bait, you know. Um, he was the Remington Award winner for the best center in uh, college in 2019 when he came out. Yeah, um, <clears throat> he obviously when he after after that 2019 season he'd actually had an arthroscopic surgery on his AC joint as, as in the shoulder. Um, so that that affected again what he could do um, strength wise, um, and obviously so that showed up in his testing pre-draft. But again, yeah. you know, you would expect a Remington Award winner to to be a high pick, um, and yeah. you know, as as for um, <clears throat> shotgun snaps, I mean that's something that you know just. It's it's something that Wisconsin never did. I mean, 
Mm. Obviously, we you, it's the one sort of fallacy about our our favourite movie, Drafty, is that Wisconsin do not run from shotgun at all. They are a ninth, They are the 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 equivalent of the Cowboys in uh, during the Great Wall. You know, you, mm. you have a full you have a fullback, you have a halfback, and you you run out of the I formation, the pro set all the time. Yeah. Um, so there is no shotgun. So they, but you know, this is something that can be easily remedied this year if he's if he's been working with Dak. Um, yeah, and, and we've, seen, know, all, all we've, it, we've seen the behind the scenes footage, like just through the Instagrams and social media and stuff like that. They they've been working a lot, and mm-hmm. so. I mean, if Bayern can just turn up and actually be like the player, especially like what we expect to see from, I know we're kind of saying it's expectations, and that's something that's never going to go away from being a Dallas Cowboys fan. We're always going to yeah. have that high expectation, and and we want Super Bowls. That's it. End of story. Yeah. Like if, if you're not cutting the mustard, then pff, we're going to get someone yeah. else. And by the following season, by like by the way how we're doing things by right now in the draft, we're not doing that. You know. Yeah, like I think I think to be fair to Tiger Biadish and Lauren kind of expanded on it, and I'm just going to add a couple of couple of points on it. Before the end of the season in October, November of 2018, and into December before he got injured, Tiger Biadish was considered a first round talent. It was yes, but, before the but before but the injury, before that injury, and. But the one thing with Tyler Biadish was, and again, Lauren highlighted this, Tyler Biadish was was handing the ball off to his quarterback, who was then handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor went for nearly 2,000 yards in his last season in 2018 in Wisconsin. You know, so it was it was the system. He wasn't playing out of shotgun snaps. And I do agree with what Graham is, Graham's point is, that's not good enough at the NFL level. No, it's something not. that needs to be worked on because otherwise we're looking at our left guard and our center are just guys who we don't know what they're good at. And that's not good enough if we want to win Super Bowls. Well, here's the thing though, the things we bash I do love, he can he can block. He can definitely block. Mm. We know that for a fact. It's just mm-hmm. he it's the inconsistency with the handoffs, and that's it. It's like we've yeah. had like over snap too high, and it's through mm-hmm. that like through Dad or Andy Dalton at the time. It just kind yeah. of threw them right off, and there was just the lack of communication as well. Yeah. So I think yeah. a lot of it, a lot of those things, those those things can be corrected yeah. given the time off season. So we know the physical attributes we can can deliver when things do go mm-hmm. right. It's yeah. it, it can be like like I'm, I can't remember what game what what game it was, but he was absolutely flawless in one of them last year. But obviously, yeah. kind of, like the, the game after that, he just completely went. It's it's that is that's the problem as well. It's the inconsistency yeah. as well. If if I ask the question and I'm asking here as a guy who's never played offensive line, so I'm relying on yourself and on yeah. Paul and Lauren on this one. Is it a case of it's on the quarterback and? Like Biadish played with Andy Dalton, who had nine, ten years experience, is not on the quarterback for for him to go in and tell the centre what he wants mm. and how he wants it and work with, with the centre rather um, than the centre who's a rookie telling telling the quarterback. 
Oh no, it's, it's I definitely would. I, I don't know what Lorne would think, but I I would rather be preferred if a quarterback tell me what he would want. Shift it to the yeah. like. It depends how you like, like. If you're like yeah, throwing like, the ball underneath your leg, this is is too much to the left or too much to the right. You need to adjust your hand grip ever so slightly to make it suit yeah. your quarterback. So it's to it's to help the preference with the quarterback. That's that's what I I, I would think. Is the best. Yeah. Like, I, I never played yeah. center specifically, but that's what I would expect if I was to play that position. Because I'd be like, ah, "It's my throw, okay." I'd be asking questions back to my quarterback. It's like that's too much to the right. I'm catching the over here rather than front facing, getting getting set to throw the ball. So there's yeah. those aspects. Um, but at the same time, um, and I'm always going to highlight out like people see quarterback is the most important position which is true but i still think center is probably the second highest most important position yep. if not equal because if you don't have a good center can snap the ball to your quarterback you've got no offense and the, yeah. the, the ball starts with him that is it, your center yeah. point that's it, why the pro center says start with start with everything yeah I mean, yeah. like to be fair, Graham, that's that's so, sorry, so, so, sorry, I I didn't even let Lauren to get an answer yeah. on that as well. No, no. Like it, I'll I'll come back to you in a second, Lauren. But I mean, I think that's Graham. That's the one point you always make is the game starts with the center, not the quarterback. But what I was trying to say, and Paul, you kind of answered the question: is it really is on the quarterback to go in, give the center a slap on the arse, and say, "This is how I want the damn ball." And, then, and a guy of Andy Dalton's experience didn't do that last year until Talby added, hey, rookie, this is what I want. Don't forget Ben DiNucci and Blaine Gabbert as well. Don't forget that. True. True. Yep. I, I, I certainly think when you're when you're talking about snapping shotgun and um, the, the, <clears throat> the further back from the line of scrimmage that you're snapping the ball to, um, it, it certainly has an effect. It's you know, a lot of a lot of um, you know, we always hear about quarterbacks that are coming out of college, and you know, they're they're used to taking snaps as in the shotgun. They're not used to taking snaps on their center, um, and it it works it works the same way for centers as well. If they're if they're used to snapping shotgun, um, but not used to snapping up into their backside for for uh, where the quarterback's hands are waiting, it it can be something that you need to actually pick up on and maybe last year again with the, the all the, the the structure with the covid protocols and everything like that 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 wasn't something that they could properly work on um but and again you had different quarterbacks a different offensive line combinations we weren't expecting last year that biadish was going to be a starter at the beginning of the season um, you know, that we basically said that Joe Looney was going to be the star last year, and he was. And then obviously Looney went, Looney had to go to guard. Biadesh came in in that Seattle game, played well enough for while Dak was there, and Dak could perhaps pick up some of the inadequacies of his shotgun snaps. <coughs> um, it, it just, it, it can sometimes be something that you need to physically work on. Uh, we talked about Quinn Miners that you saw him snapping balls into into trash cans and using that for target practice. I I have to say, I mean, I I had difficulty when I was playing that you know 
was uh, I was good at snapping shotgun, but you asked me to uh, snap long snap for extra points, which is only another couple of yards back or whatever. I'm sorry, I didn't have I didn't have the accuracy for that. So, it it every, everybody Lord, has their own techniques, and it's something that you have to you have to basically work on. Lauren, you make a good point there, right? And this is this is part of my thing with the quid miners thing, right? He could snap balls into dustbins. He didn't have two guards or defensive linemen tackling him at the time he was doing that. So yep. it's e it's easy to do it. You know, but Graham, oh, there's Ernie. Yeah, he wanted. He, 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 just <laughs> he wanted up. to get up. Yeah, he just, he just went. He just woke up though, so <laughs> I'm needs the toilet. <laughs> but, oh, thank you. Yeah, there we go, Graham. I'm going to throw this one to you, right? The 2021 season finishes. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. Yourself and Rich Jones are having the conversation. Are you going to have be having the conversation whereby we're looking to get a new left guard and a new centre in next year's draft? Or do you think one or both of the guys at those positions will be able to nail the spot this year? Do you have faith in them? Well, normally all, all the, the best tackles are gone at 32. So, I was going to say, are we talking uh, February 14th? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it does sound like I'm having a bit of a moan tonight, but if if the five offensive linemen can hold their own and play 16 games... 17. See, even I'm doing it. 17 games. If they can play 17 games, um, I think I would be quite... To be honest, I would be quite happy with that because mm -hmm. you can't address everything. I know you can't address everything, but I have serious, serious doubts, particularly at tackle. That they won't. I, I, I've, I've said, I've said tonight. I've said a few times in the past. Josh Ball will play at least one game from offensive tackle. It will probably be in December, and it will probably be an NFC East game. Um, you, Tyron Smith is not going to play forever, so I think it's highly likely that we'll take a tackle. That is a serious steering competition that's going on over there. He's literally looking at me and he's like, right, you, you prick, I need it soon. <laughs> oh, my boy. But to answer, your, to answer your question, Brian, I would say that it's more likely that they take tackle than centre because... Yeah. Uh, Biadish is on the ascendancy, hopefully. Um, and Tyron Smith won't play forever, even if he wants to. He won't play forever. Well, he's, he's 30 years old. How many years does he have left? Yeah. And he's got, he's got 10 years. Kids 10, to worry years about. 10 years in the NFL. He's been, you know, I mean, yeah. But it's like, 
I mean, I, I've I've wanted I've wanted offensive line help for some time. So is Rich, and in my opinion, we haven't taken it seriously. We've addressed something else. We've tried to bring in a linebacker. We've tried another linebacker. We've tried defensive end, and <laughs> we won't talk about the, the D end. There's rumours that were there were rumours that were getting rid of. Vanderesh, so that that hasn't particularly worked out, and we'll see where we go with Parsons. Um, yeah. But I think in the in the past, certainly in the past ten years, it's been shown that when we when we take offensive line in the first, we hit, and when we take offensive line outside the first, we don't. Um, it's, not, think, it's, it's, it's only been recently though, like, like it's ever since the whole Travis thing. Really, yeah. like, like from twenty fourteen, twenty fourteen. Travis was twenty thirteen. Um, Zach was twenty fourteen. Twenty thirteen. So, so that's what yeah. eight eight years, like of all. Well, and well, actually, before that, actually, because like if it's ten years ago, it'd be two twenty eleven. So that'd be Tyron Smith. So twenty eleven, right? Tyron was twenty ten. Twenty ten. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, so 2020, 2010 onwards. Yeah. Any first round draft pick has always been like a blue chip. Like, well, no, basically yeah. they've, they've all went to the straight to the Pro Bowl, being brilliant, yeah. sublime, fantastic. But um, anyone's like that you just kind of mentioned that like, anything like in the second round, they've just kind of been uh loving that. So, uh, yeah, it's... I think I, I I think given we we've, we've covered in full the offensive line, Arnie needs to go to the toilet. Yeah. I think it's time we wrapped it up. So yeah. it's it's before we go, we'll just give a quick shout out to our sponsor. So anyone want to do the honors? So guys, if you are planning going to a Dallas Cowboys game this year, please be sure to go through Cowboys Experience for the ultimate meet and greet tailgate and game day experience. With everything now kind of going in our favour now with the whole COVID-19 situation, the UK and US are now in the amber section and with more announcements to come out, we're likely, more likely to actually have to travel over to games this year. So if you are planning on going over, be sure to go and check out the website, cowboysexperience.com and be sure to use the discount code at UK Cowboys and you shall receive a free gift. Yep. Lauren, what do we say? Don't be a clown. Use the code. Get free stuff. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So it's good night for me, Paul Nerney. If you want to say good night. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, Graham, good night. Pleasure as always. We'll be back here nine o'clock next Thursday night, three p.m. Texas time, four a.m. on the east or four p.m. on the east coast, and one p.m. on the west coast. Until then, take care. And good night. See you later, guys. All the best. See you next time. Have a good one, guys.